Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 3, Episode 12, we talk to Jenny Schubring about strengths and creatives. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, this week uh, was interesting. It was a little different for us as far as how these episodes normally go. Right. So some of our listeners are our guests as well. And you know, the normal spiel we give to our guests is we talk about just the logistics of introduce yourself, this and that, just so they know how the show's going to go. And then one thing that Drew almost always says is... Um, if you have a long answer or a short answer to something, give us the long answer because we like hearing more from our guests and less from us. And our guest this week, Jenny says, yeah, okay. Sounds great. And then she got us to talk so much throughout this episode. I would apologize in advance, but actually I think it was a very beneficial thing. Yeah. She did a fantastic job. Uh, we ended up talking for so long that we're going to split this one into two episodes. Um, so look forward to the next one next week. Uh, but yeah, she just did a fantastic job of, of taking our respective strengths and explaining how that impacts us as creatives and how that impacts how we work with a team and things like that. Um, it was just, it was fantastic. And yeah, I talked probably more than I've talked all season, like combined, <laughs> but, but I, maybe I with the exception of the Lego episode, because you definitely the Lego episode. I loved the Lego episode, but anyway, uh, but yeah. So we're just really excited. We're we're thankful for Jenny uh, coming on and, and helping us through this. So let's get to it. Today we are pumped to welcome to the podcast my good friend um, and someone who sings on our praise team at my church, Jenny Shoebring. But Jenny, you are definitely much more than just a. Uh, singer in our praise team. Would you introduce yourself to our audience, please? Sure. Uh, my name is Jenny Schubring. And yes, I love being part of the praise team. That is one of my joys of my things that I do outside of my house. So um, I'm glad to to be a part of that for sure. Um, I'm also, my biggest role is wife and mom. Um, I've been married for 22 years this year. So that was a woohoo because he's awesome. And um, I have four biological kids, uh, ages um, 13 to 20. So they're all in a fun stage. <laughs> Always making good choices, those adult children. <laughs> um, and then I also, uh, we did fostering for a while. So we have uh, one that's still a big part of our life. He aged out a couple years ago, but he's still, we consider him one of ours. So I like to say that I have five kids, but we've also just had open doors in our house. So we've had lots of other people's children live with us at some point or another. So uh, that has taken over a big part of my life. But now that that's kind of calming down, the fact that we only have three children in our house right now is crazy. And one of them is a foreign exchange student. So she leaves in January and then I'll be down to two. So I don't even know what that's going to feel like. <laughs> so um but because of that, uh, because of that downplay, I've been able to really push into my business a little bit more, which uh, I own a coaching business called Embrace Your Story Coaching. 
And um, that's, I believe that's what we get to talk about today, especially when it, in regards to strengths, I'm going through the Gallup certification for strengths and super excited about that. Uh, so yeah, I basically get to help people get to where they want to be, uh, start where they're at and meet them where they're at and let's go to the next level. So I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly. They recently changed. It used to be called Strengths Finder, and now it's called Clifton Strengths, right? Yes. And so um, I had I always check my book because the the book says Gallup. It says Gallup Global Strengths Coach. That's what I will be. <laughs> so I'm very interested into first of all what made you uh, want to get this certification for. Uh, coaching for strengths specifically? That is a great question. Uh, so I took the Strengths Finder for the first time in 2012. And that was when I went through the process of transformational discipleship, which is what we offer at our church. Tim has gone through that. Um, and and so it was so impactful for me. It was empowering for me. Um we're so good at focusing on what we're not good at. I think especially in the Christian culture, we really like to focus on what we're not good at because that's what shows us we need a savior, but that's not true. We need a savior because we're sinful and that's what we need a savior for. But um, so to recognize how God wired me and to see uh, how I can impact his kingdom by that way that he wired me was so impactful because um, adaptability was probably the biggest impact for me because it looks like chaos in my world. Like the back of my office looks really pretty, but like if you were to look at the rest <laughs> of my office, it's not pretty. Um, and it's not because I'm a slob or that I don't care. It's just, that I don't need it to be in a good space for me to function well. And that kind of change in thought process changed how I did life um, just recognizing like the way that I am is okay. And not only okay, it's really good. It just may look different from somebody else. And then instead of saying, this is what makes me different, this is what makes me unique. So that empowerment was so key in my development and how I grew as a Jesus follower and how I grew as somebody in my church and in my family and as a parent um, was significant so when I started getting into the coaching realm, I use the Strengths Finder. I've I've been coaching for almost six years, uh, and in my own business, I did it with transformational discipleship before that too. But I I make all of my I pay for my my coaches or the people, my clients to take the Strengths Finder because I will coach them better if I know how they're wired. It's empowering for them, but it, for me to serve them, I can do a better job understanding that, how they work. Uh, and so it's something that I've used for a long time. Um, and then it was something that I thought I was going to do in 2021. And then instead, I decided to invest in uh, my office space instead. But then they offered a deal I couldn't pass up. And <laughs> so... Um, I, I went for it. And so I am doing it. And, and it's something that I've just always wanted to have. Um, I feel like I've known a lot, but just to take it to that next level has been really, really great. So 
we have a podcast that focuses on people who are creatives or supporters of creatives. How, how would you say knowing strengths is something that can be beneficial to someone who is a creative or identifies in that way? I think it speaks to how you're wired. So let's even, if you don't mind, Tim, let's look at your strengths for a few minutes because sure. if, when I think of creative, you're one of the first people that come to mind. So, um, and, and what's so cool is that it doesn't like, you can look at your strengths and you're going to say, okay, these are Tim's strengths. And so most creatives probably have these strengths. I don't know that to be true. I just know that how it shows up, um, how your strengths show up is going to enforce, reinforce and empower you in your creativity. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, so let's just, so your number one strength, which we share, it's not, it, it moved for me. I just retook it for my, for my test and it was at number three and adaptability now moved to number one as well. Um, so that is your number one strength. So knowing what you know, because I know you've done some work with it, but knowing what you know, how does adaptability work with your space of creativity, being a creative? Yeah, I think for me, the, the number one thing that I know about my adaptability strength is I'm able to easily change based on something that has happened, whether like responding to the environment. Um, and when it comes to creating something, there's so many unplanned events that happen um and for me I, I like to say i like to take it in stride um don't let something bother me too much but you know adapt is one thing but i like to say i, I can adapt and overcome mm. uh, knowing i'm going to push through whatever the obstacle is to find out the best way to accomplish something um and sometimes that takes the form of a project taking longer than expected um sometimes it's this thing just popped into my head and I'm in the middle of something else. Well, I need to get this on paper. I'm going to forget it um, or open up my voice memos app on my phone. And that's the way that I, I think I use my adaptability to my benefit when it comes to my creativity. So when you recognize that, did, was there something that shifted in your mindset when you saw adaptability as number one strength? Yeah, it takes, um, things from being a possible hindrance or a distraction to actually being something that is overall beneficial. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Drew, I know you're on here too. And so yep. um, do you consider yourself a creative as well? Uh, yes. I generally a songwriter like Tim. Okay, so this is super fun because your number one strength is very different. Very different. <laughs> so Drew's number one strength is deliberative. So can you talk to speak to that a little bit as far as how that thought process works towards your benefit of being a creative? Yeah. Um, generally speaking, when I talk to people who know stuff about strengths finder and things like that when i bring up like deliberative or intellection which is another one of my top strengths they're like oh you just like you take forever to think about stuff don't you like uh which is true mm -hmm. but like i i think where where it shows up in my songwriting is like in, in my head there's like a, a perfect version of every song like mm -hmm. 
There's not just like, oh, we'll try this and see if it works. It's like, no, we're going to think this through and think what would the best version of this song look like. Um, and it does take longer. I I don't write as many songs as, as other people do because I just take longer on each song. I think think each one through. But I, I think in the end, I am more satisfied with what I put out because I've taken the time to think through what are all the different ways this song could look and what do I think is the best version of it. So I think that's where deliberative comes in. That is fabulous. Thank you for sharing that because in, and that's what I love about this is that it, it shows so many different avenues to come up with the same outcome, like out, not the same outcome as like the same song or whatever, but the idea of utilizing the creativity to put out and use the gifts that God's giving you to impact his kingdom. And we do it so differently. And that's, that's why I love the strengths finder. Um, some of the logistical facts about the strengths finder is for, they give you a report that it's called the insight report that is very specific to you. So um, like Tim's adaptability, his write-up is going to be different than my adaptability write-up. And that's so different than most of the assessments that are out there. And what that does then is for somebody to have the same top five with the same write-ups is one in 33 million people. That is extraordinary. 33 million people haven't taken it yet. <laughs> so, so the, it's, it's phenomenal on how specific it gets. And that's what I really love it. It doesn't kind of can you, it just says, this is how you typically use it. Um, so the other part about knowing your strengths. So there's the part that has you be empowered by it, by recognizing the goodness of it. And I've, typically have seen that show up in how we serve others, especially as Jesus followers. Like how do we honor and love other people through our strengths, whether it's through our work or through our relationships. But the another part of it is uh, what Gallup calls the vulnerabilities. I've always used the word shadows. Um, they also have referred to it as basements. Like there's been a whole lot of like um, different words for it. But right now, <laughs> the word that they have landed on in Gallup right now is vulnerabilities. And basically, that's where our strengths become a hindrance to what we want to accomplish. So when you look at maybe let's pick a different strength, Tim, um, you can even choose which strength if you want, I don't care. But is there a strength that shows up in your top five that uh, you sometimes see as a hindrance to what you want to accomplish? Um, let's go with my number five strategic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually, interestingly enough that you mentioned the, uh, the report, I've, I've got mine in front of me because I reference it often. And I, I know the way that I want to work with people means knowing, like you said, the way I'm wired, how I work best. And that's why I keep it literally in my right drawer of my desk. And I reference it very often. Um, actually, I'm going to change. See, here's my adaptability. <laughs> right? I'm going to go with the includer. I remember back when I was a teacher, um, full-time teacher, and thinking like after after taking the Clifton Strengths 
and realizing, oh yeah, includers top five. Well, that makes sense because as a teacher, it's my job to to make sure everybody is participates in some way or has a meaningful interaction in the classroom. And when I look at my includer in my current position, it's it's a different thing. Like I make an effort to include people, but now I have a job of auditioning people for a praise team. Mm-hmm. And part of me wants to be like, well, I'm adaptable. I can make them fit, right? And I mean, I, I want them to have a place so I can find a way. But the honest truth of it is, as nice as it would be to have every single person who auditions for your praise team to be on the praise team, not everybody is suited to serve in that way. So I think that's, to me, like a shadow side or a blind spot or a vulnerability. Um, just to to make everything work, I'm like, well, I could I could somehow have them here and then make it so that, but, and, you know, trying to arrange the puzzles, which goes into arrangers in my top 10 as well. And the ideation of connecting those ideas and pulling them together. I, I try to, it's like a puzzle in my head that I need to solve. And I think there's a solution, but I don't always get to that point of the solution. And I have to maybe step outside of my strengths because of the potential shadow side. That's very insightful, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And, and that is, you know, something to be aware of is because the, the way that we were wired, it's just how we do things naturally, right? Like we don't have to think about it. We don't have to be intentional about it. It just, it's what we do. And so that also shows up with the vulnerabilities. Like we just do it because that's what we know. And then we have to, that's when we have to be paused, right? And go, okay, is this the best way? Are we using this to further God's kingdom? Oftentimes the vulnerabilities come when I'm trying to serve my kingdom versus God's kingdom. When I use them for my own, um, my own benefit or in, in not good ways. Um, one of the best things that I know for myself is my communication. Um, That was number one, it dropped to number four. So still in my top five, um, which allows me to listen well, it allows me to speak well, it gives me, I'm able to talk clearly, so people understand what I'm saying. And what I learned in the vulnerabilities part of it, this is probably the one that I use the most for not great reasons is that communication can turn into manipulation Mm -hmm. and people don't realize it because I'm good at it. (laughs) So I always joke, but it's not really funny. I really literally had to call my sister after recognizing this and, and apologize for years of doing that to her because I wasn't even, I didn't take the time to recognize that I did that. And so when I recognized it, I could own it and then apologize for it too. So those vulnerabilities show up in all sorts of different ways. So if you look at yours, Drew, is there one, I know that you haven't done as much work with it, but is there one that mm-hmm. comes to mind that you're like, oh, this gets in the way of what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we were joking before we started recording here that uh all of mine have to do with like thinking about stuff, but none of them have to do with actually getting stuff done. Um, and maybe like probably the best one example of that is futuristic um, that I, I'm always thinking about, like, what does the ideal future look like? And what what do I wish 
things would end up looking like um, rather than like what what's the next step I can take? What can I do today that will actually get me to that point? I'm, I, I like just like thinking about an idealistic version of things instead of like, how can I actually accomplish that? How, what can I do right now? Mm-hmm. And that, and this like leads really beautifully into what the final piece of this is, is this idea of then, especially in, in our Christian realm, like being able to use the body of Christ, right? So recognizing like, I have these ideas, I can think about what it's going to look like. I'm not the one to execute it. Who is, <laughs> who is that person? And being able to find that the people that do that. And that doesn't mean that if you don't have high execution in your list that people can't execute, they're just motivated differently by how they're going to execute it. Um, but to recognize like there's somebody, things that I dread doing, like when I first did this and recognize I, as much as I love coaching, I am not a great business owner. Like that's a whole like thing that I am not good at. Um, there's some things I just have to do and work through it because, but then the motivation comes from my maximizer and my belief that want to move forward. Like that's my motivation. It's not coming because I am, um, because I am deliberative or it's not coming because I have discipline. Cause that's just not how I'm wired. I'm motivated differently. So I can still get stuff done. You can still get stuff done, but you're going to be motivated differently. But there's people who actually love to get stuff done. So finding those people. I didn't know there were people who actually love spreadsheets. Like who knew? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and you say that, and there's always people in the group going, I love those. Like, let me add them, you know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, instead of me taking four hours to put one together and hating every minute of it, I now can reach out to my friend Carrie and say, Hey, I need a spreadsheet. Now she is giddy over it. And it's done in like five minutes. And we're both happy, you know. So that's like, you know, a very small example. But when you think of that in your creative world, how can that fit in with the strengths that you have of your team? That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. Uh, as always, if you have questions you want answers to, uh, people you want to hear from, or if you want to come on and make us talk, uh, I guess you can try to do that. Uh, but feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And we've got a Patreon page, patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. Thank you to our faithful supporters on that page. If anyone else is interested, we've got the full video uncut ep of each episode. Um, we'd love to have you join us there and make sure to stay tuned for part two of this conversation coming at you next week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.